In July, we spent the month talking about rock opera albums and realized that what we actually wished we were talking about was concept albums. So this week, we're checking into our college dorm and hanging up our first poster on the wall. It's Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Gosh, can you can you get any higher? Hi. Hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is Mike's rendition of uh, "Great Gig in the Sky." Great Gig in the Sky. Thank you. Great I was gig like, in the song sky. Sky. Um, <laughs> welcome everybody to How Star Wars Is It. My name is Mike. My name is Josiah, and this is the only podcast. Yeah, and, we- and uh, we're talking about. We, we rate and review things on a scale of 1 to 10 of how, not how good or bad they are, but how Star Wars they are. Um, this week we are comparing the Pink Floyd record Dark Side of the Moon to Star yeah. Wars. Yep, yep, yep. Which notably, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon came out f- before Star Wars. That's right. This is another thing we're covering that happened before Star Wars, which we did recently with 1966's Batman. <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> What a weird show we do. Yeah. Um, at least, uh, yeah, at least we're not just covered. I, I tell myself this all the time. We have a podcast, but at least it's not the most straightforward, like boring idea in the yeah. world. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's very stupid and weird. Yeah, it's very stupid and weird. But, um, and speaking of, if you happen to be a new listener, um, welcome. We, you, you are, um, our, our, uh, for you, Josiah, our ad that we're running to try to get some new listeners goes up tomorrow as of this recording date. So it's very possible that um, you were a new listener and you've already turned off the podcast. (laughs) You said, not for me. Yeah. um, But welcome to the show. Um, So like like we said at the beginning, um, back in July, we talked about rock opera albums. We did two of the albums by The Who. We did American Idiot. We did Pink Floyd's The Wall. And as we talked about the wall in particular, I kept saying like, man, I just like dark side of the moon so much better than this. And I wish that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hadn't listened to it, uh, outside of the hit track money. Yeah. That hit and seven, eight time track. So cool. I love it. The weirdest um, time signature for like the most successful song of an entire band's discography existence. Yeah. So the Wikipedia for Dark Side of the Moon says not to be confused with the Dark Side of the Moo, which I wasn't going to confuse the two <laughs> Wikipedia. That wait seems a, a little... Wait, I was, lo- I was looking for Dark Side of the Moo. Yeah. I- I'll just click that. <laughs> yeah. And it, that is a unofficial compilation of early recordings of Pink Floyd, which is cute. Oh, that they call funny. It that. But, but I, that just seems a little like, like, don't talk down to me, Wikipedia. Right. I'm not confused. Oh, anyway. now is probably also when we should say that for this episode, um, 
you can listen to Dark Side of the Moon while yes. you listen to this episode, and it will all line up like really crazy. Right here, it goes uh, cha-ching. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. We're not to money yet. No, that would not be even ridiculous. close. No, in fact, our our episodes tend to be a little over an hour or right at an hour, and because this album is only like forty-five ish minutes, um, we'll we'll give you a signal in the next ten minutes or so of when you need to start. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, we're only recording a forty-two-minute episode this time. <laughs> It's going to be yeah. short. Yeah. We're, and it's just going to cut off. We're um, not going to like, we'll be talking about like, oh, and now welcome to the game. Smash or pass. All right. Now we're into uh, the great game in the sky. And here we go. Let's listen to that. And then it'll just cut off. And they'll be like, yep, there we go. That's the end of it. Um, but The really weird part is when we're going to start playing the songs for Smash or pass and they will line up with the songs, <laughs> but not the same not ones. Right. Yeah. Not the same songs. No. But they will line up. Um, I, I imagine you're aware of that whole thing, the the yeah. Wizard of Oz thing. Um, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I've never yeah. done it. I've seen some of the clips of like particularly um, good moments where the two line up or whatever. Um, but I'm also just like, well, of course, no one intended for this. No. To to hear me be skeptical about other mystical things, listen to this week's Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can hear Mike be a real downer yeah, yeah. while I talk about the hat man. It's just me nodding going, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like an animatedly describing something really wild and Mike's just going like, when just do I get to the brick wall? <laughs> like Mike's like, eventually I'm going to talk and say that all sounds like bullshit. <laughs> Um, but this week we're talking about Dark Side of the Moon. Now, um, you had not listened to it before this week. No. Okay. I listened to it this week for the first time. So my first exposure to it was, um, in comedy sports, Indianapolis, the comedy theater, I sort of came up doing improv in before moving here to Chicago. Um, we did a handful of different shows that were like late night on Saturday? No, uh, Friday nights? One, one of the weekend nights had like a late night show that was like not all ages. It was only for adults. And sure. um, one of them, the, a handful of them were called X Unscripted. Like it might be um, oh, A Christmas yeah. Carol Unscripted or um, what else did we do? There were a handful of them where, in fact, that's kind of a misnomer because we had a bit of like a beat script. Sure. It wasn't like actual dialogue, but we knew all the moments we had to hit. And one that they developed in the time that I was there was the Wizard of Oz unscripted. Mm. And um, most of the nights I did that show, I probably did like six or seven of them. Most times I did it, I was Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, a friend of mine uh, who of ran Dorothy? the... What's that? Friend of Dorothy? A friend of Dorothy, yeah. Um, yeah. She was... Um, she did the sound and lights a lot of the nights and she just like put dark side of the moon in the computer to run that as like house music. And I remember being like, what is this? This sounds really cool. And she was like, it's dark side of the moon. Like, how do you not know that you're 18? (laughs) And, uh, she's like, it's one of the, it's one of the most popular albums of all time. Of all time. And I was like, Oh, right. Cause it like lines up with wizard of Oz. That's funny. That's a cute idea. And then the more I heard it, I was like, okay, well I will be downloading this. And Mm -hmm. I just like became obsessed with it for like a good month or two. And literally, that fall I went to college for the first time and I got a dark side of the moon poster. <laughs> Good. Did you hang it up next Such to your Scarface poster? Yeah, dude, truly. 
Uh, no, mm. but I think I probably had Abbey Road and Star Wars and Back to the Future. <laughs> I just had three Spider-Man posters. <laughs> Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, the movie posters. One time for my birthday, my parents were like, or, no, no. I can't remember if it was my birthday or if we were just redecorating my room to be like a teen, uh-huh. you know, you know, when you like get to be a teen and you're like, well, I don't want to have a baby kid room anymore. I'd yes. like to have a teen room yeah. now. And so my parents were like, well, what, what do you want? Like on the walls? And I was like, Spider-Man posters. And <laughs> I they were don't like, want to be what? a kid anymore. I want yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> and they're like, well, like what kind of posters? And I was like, like the movie ones, mm. like, like uh, that you would find outside of a movie theater. And Which so I had three. We're rated PG-13. Yes, I had three so for teens. Right. So I had three full size movie posters. Well, cool. two full size out that were like literally from the movies when they came out. Like I don't know where I don't know how they found them. Yeah, like back yeah. before, I guess must have been Amazon or eBay or something. But that was before like Amazon was like the most the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, right. But anyway, I those were my posters that I had. Very cool and very teenager and not kid like. No, not kid at all. Not kid at all. So, Spider-Man is not for kids. For, for um, yeah, right. <laughs> and I have a, a three-year-old nephew who would agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the the um, album was my first exposure to even really to Pink Floyd. And to, to that degree, I really only otherwise know The Wall and like one or two like singles from, you know, like Wish You Were Here yeah. I'm like familiar with. But um, I, I just like, I don't even know that I need to expose myself to more Pink Floyd because I think this is just like a perfect record. Yeah, it's great. It's like, and also, I'm sorry, do you mean the Floyd? The Floyd. Because <laughs> apparently that's what like the real cool people call Pink Floyd, which, which that rules. Yeah, so the other piece to this episode this week is I gave Josiah the homework of watching a show that, uh, an episode of a show that I have now seen something like four times yeah, from yeah, yeah. like VH1 Classic. It's like VH1 Classic albums and it's like the making of, and this one was making the of making of Dark the Side, Dark Side of, the of the Moon. Which is really cool, and it was. Uh, and all these people are like, cool "Yeah, the first time I saw the Floyd." <laughs> yeah, first time I saw the Floyd, it was it was, and I'm like, like you call him the Floyd? That's huh? a, that's a, it's like calling Dave Matthews Band Dave. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, but yeah, this was a, so okay, okay. Big big thoughts about the album. Yeah. One, and I I say this with all the love of my heart. <laughs> Old stuff is boring. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And not to say that this album is boring because there are, there are parts of it that are truly exciting. Yes. But there are also parts of it where you're like, what's happening? Right. Similar to The Wall, there's stuff where you're just like, I don't... I, I, no, no, no. I should say that. I should reverse that. It's easier on this album to find stuff to hold on to than it is on The Wall. Because it's like broader. Yeah. I think. like it's It's like abstract. It's about things like time and life and money yeah. and death yeah. and uh conflict as opposed to Madness. like it's about this guy's journey into yes. becoming a whatever like yeah they weirdly through being too specific ended up being too vague in the wall right right and not and giving too, you enough to hold like, on kind to kind of almost like goofy yeah like too weird you're like singing about like i'm thinking of like tommy or whatever like i still think pinball wizard's a great rock and roll song but like if you like just read the lyrics and you didn't know that there was music you'd be like the fuck is this (laughs) yeah what is this whereas this this album deals with things like um war and racism are bad and like 
um, when you're young, time doesn't mean as much to you as it does when you're old. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. We should talk about that. So it's a concept album. Yes. Yeah, so, so we so, spent a month talking about rock operas, which the sort of hair splitting to differentiate the two is like, one tells a narrative story and a concept album can kind of be anything, but it's sort of like, it's 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 one step further than just like, these are the 11 songs I had done at this point in my life. You know, it's right. like... Like, Sgt. Pepper's can also be considered a concept album, but that is just a bunch of disparate songs, but it's because the Beatles use this concept of what if it's a different band and we can just be in character and write anything. Whereas this, I think, is just, like, the perfect crystallization of what a concept album can and, and probably should be, which is, like, we came to this entire piece with one concept... Yeah. And here are the chapters of that concept. It's like an essay. Yes, it is like a musical essay. And and like what you said in text the the other day, it's like a painting. It's like watching a right listening listening to a forty five minute long painting. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. But Well, no, I think it does make sense because like in a painting you can like if it's like a you know uh, like Nighthawks by Edward Hopper. You can pick out like different like people to look at and like study their body language. And those are like concrete things. And you can kind of relate that to like the singles or the songs that have like a pretty clear point of view, like money or whatever. Um, but then you can also look at like the overall composition or like the use of color and light. And like, that's kind of the instrumental song, you know, like yeah, 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 you can yeah. let your mind like kind of, wander around the canvas and it picks up on a different thing whether that be like granular or sort of macro and i think this album does like a really good job of like making that into like a linear audio form yeah definitely um so the the thing i wanted to talk about because i said 45 minute long it's actually the runtime of this album is 42 minutes and 53 seconds right the reason i brought it up because because one of the my recommended articles recently is apparently people are getting all up in arms getting all pissy because olivia rodrigo's new album clocks in at like 37 minutes Mm. and everyone's like that's so short what is this an ep come on make a real album what are you buying a cd shut up i know i know first (laughs) off it's like what are you talking about this is like 2023 yeah. like how do you listen to music right and second off one of the best albums of all time is five minutes longer than that one. right right yeah so like what are you talking about yeah. an album like yeah I, I, like i i i have been that shitty guy before and i will be that shitty guy again that like quibbles about an ep versus a full-length album sure but like because there is a difference but like don't be that guy that's like yeah. Oh, you're calling it an album. It's only 37 minutes long. Like if it has enough songs, it's an album and there's enough songs on it. So yeah. let it be an album. Call it whatever I you just, want. I don't care. I'm releasing a 37 minute long thing for you. Yeah, for you. <laughs> and you know, it's a bunch of guys, right? right. It's definitely like adult men in their thirties and twenties yeah. being like, this isn't a real album because it's only 37 yeah. minutes long because she's yeah. a woman Ever. and women can't make real albums. Yeah, right. And it's like, guys, Dark Side of the Moon is 42 minutes long. So it's funny when you mentioned Olivia Rodrigo as being something you wanted to talk about when we talk about this, I wondered if where you were going to go was the sort of writing credit route. Oh. So I just listened to an episode of that. Is it Turned On Pop or Switched On Pop? Switched On Pop. 
um, where they the title of it was something to the tune of like, why does Olivia Rodrigo keep giving up writing credits? And and the mm. episode was investigating kind of the recent trend in like the music industry where um, songwriters will just sort of preemptively give writing credits to any number of other songwriters because their label tells them they ought to um, to avoid inevitable either bad press or actual lawsuits right um, and like i can't remember what the song was but like there was a taylor swift song that she gave writing credit to write said fred because like it kind of had a vibe of i'm too sexy for my shirt or whatever and like Interesting. one of the olivia rodrigo ones was a taylor swift thing um in deja vu when she's like i hope you get deja vu they credited taylor swift and cruel summer and in the podcast, they were like, now, can any songwriter truly own shouting quarter notes in the, at the same yeah. pitch? Like, I don't know. But yeah, these, totally. these companies are just kind of hedging to avoid unpleasantness. And the, where I was going with that is in um, The Great Gig in the Sky, they had that woman come in and sing session for the, for the number. So... Um, Dark Side of the Moon started out as a live stage show that they yes. worked out in rehearsal rooms to like do this notion of like the things in everyday life that could make you go mad because Sid Barrett went mad. Their their previous frontman, and uh, yeah, they they were doing this show, and when they got to the song "Great Gig in the Sky," which is about like mortality and death, um. It was always just instrumental and it was like a guitar jam. But when they wanted to record it, they were like, we need something here. And when they were doing it live, they were like reading Bible passages. They tried like different instruments. And then they were like, no, we need something like human. And so mm -hmm. they hired this woman, um, Claire Tory, to sing, to like improvise this like vocal riff. The one that I did yeah. at the beginning of the show. Um, yes. And... They paid her at the time a standard session fee, which was like a, a one day fee of at the time 30 pounds, which would be the equivalent of like 420 pounds today. And in 2004, she sued EMI and Pink Floyd for 50% of the songwriting royalties of that song, um, arguing wow. that her contribution to Great Gig in the Sky was substantial enough to be considered co authorship. And it was settled out of court, and she, you know, got something out of it which like sure that makes sense good because they yeah. all said this was great like in that um in that yeah. tv episode they were like yeah she just came in and improvised and we liked it and it's like okay well that's writing <laughs> that's writing guys improvising <laughs> over a track is writing yeah yeah that's hilarious and makes a lot of sense and good for her because she got hers yeah and right yeah i think that's so interesting because like olivia rodrigo also had to give up songwriting credits for to Haley williams for of paramore right for one of her and songs that sounds like misery business that was i think where that podcast episode sort of started because the internet was all like this sounds just like misery business and they were like okay let's just like pay paramore and one of the big arguments besides like the ugliness of a legal battle is artists will come after writing credits whether in good or bad faith because Unless you're getting like hourly radio play, you're not making any money on old back catalog in the way that you might have if you could still sell records or whatever. But right. like no one's buying records and you're making like a penny per thousand streams on Spotify right. or whatever. So like if Paramore can get some of that sweet, sweet radio play money from 
whatever that song was yeah. that Olivia Rodrigo did, then I it's like kind of in their best interest to be assholes and go after authorship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure if they went after it or if she preemptively gave it away again. Right, right. Um, I, I think I'd it may have, have been that. Yeah. But but it's also like... <sighs> did I Wait, did I send you the thing I saw last night on TikTok? Yes. Yes, okay. Because I was going to say, like, we can... There's only so many melodies. Right. There's only so many rhythms. It's so hard. It's like it's 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 like you know how like uh, to go into our field, quote unquote, like joke thieves. Right. Right. Like your Amy Schumer's and your Dane Cooks or whatever, yeah. who are like famously have famously stolen material. Right. And the 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 um the def- the defense is always like, well, parallel thinking. Right. Great minds think alike. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you're like, I could see how that could happen. And then sometimes you're like, okay, but this is way too similar, like beat for beat too similar. Right. And I, sometimes, I kind of feel the same way about like music where sometimes I'm like, well, it's possible that they just had the same idea, but then it's also possible that they heard the song before and were like, you know, it'd be cool if we did this thing here. Right. And then like, like we were talking about in the Patreon, human memory is faulty. Sure. And you could absolutely think that you came up with an idea <clears throat> And then not realize till later that, oh, that's actually from another thing I've listened to before. Sure, but that's where we get into, like, uh, sampling in hip-hop or uh, an art movement. Like, oh, I saw Picasso and was inspired to abstract the shapes of my portraits. Or, you know. Yeah. Like, St. Vincent has a song on the self-titled album called Birth in Reverse, and, like, I was listening to some interview of her, and she was saying, like, oh, yeah, that's my B-52s song. I, like, wrote a song, like, thinking, like, the B-52s could put this on an album and it would fit. And, like, ever since I heard her say that, I, like, listened to that song, like, oh, wow, this is what if St. Vincent did a B-52 song. So, of course, it doesn't sound like Fred Schneider, but no, sure. like the vibe has, you know, and like, yeah. Can you own a vibe? No. Like, and let me tell you, you know what? You know what this album? You know what this album is? Do you know what the Dark Side of the Moon it is? It is a frigging vibe. It's a freaking vibe. It All has my notes- like a continuous heartbeat through it. Like, breathe. Yeah returns in time and then the beat the backbeat to breathe also returns in the later half of the album like um let's see what would it have been any color you like into eclipse mm-hmm. like that that's why i think of it as like a 45 minute long painting because like yeah as soon as you get like comfortable in like a melody with like a hook they're like all right here's 4 minutes of like <laughs> yeah like um like most of my notes were like i think my first note was vibey yeah yeah you know what else i'm sure at this point this was 1972 like the psychedelia of it all was like in full effect but i feel like if you were to play this like i i wonder if you felt this because i think i probably did the first time i heard it you hear the like slow like like it it opens with such a like psychedelic peace and love baby like vibe that it almost feels like a cliche but yeah. it's like no this was the thing that made the cliche <laughs> yes this is what it's based off of yes yeah, like also like i gotta say like the like the artistry at play here and like the skill 
and the creativity. Yeah. Which I, I wouldn't have appreciated as much if I hadn't watched the VH1 yes, yes. like behind the album thing. That's why I wanted you to see it. <laughs> yeah, there's so much creativity in this album and like, like in each of these songs. Tape to tape type of editing. Like yes. if they this want before... a bunch of clocks to go off at set times, they have to make it be that they go off at set times. Yeah. Everything is like analog. Yeah. Like you have to like when you're mixing, it's literally you're going Yeah. Like you're if they like... want if they want um a bunch of different like cash register sounds to s- happen every quarter note in a seven eight <laughs> collage. They have yeah. to like record all those clips and then cut pieces of tape and re-tape them together. Like insane, so insane. Like, like I don't know how people did stuff before DAWs, like yeah. before digital audio workstations. Like, like. Same with like video editing, like it blows my mind that like people literally like cut film and like yeah. put it together, like that is crazy. But it's the same with music. I'm like, how did anybody do anything before you could just say something into a computer and then you had it there and could do whatever you want with yeah, it? Yeah, right. Also, like listening to this album and watching that like behind the scenes of it made me realize that I've never made music in my life. I don't think, uh, dude. <laughs> like, like I guess I just haven't made music. When they're like, "Oh, you know what? This part needs four women singing in harmony, a bunch of ahs." It's like, "Oh, yeah, you're right. It did need that, but I couldn't. I would not have told you that." <laughs> well, and like watching them just like casually rip the solos, like as old oh. men that they used to do. Oh, I was God. like, "These guys are." so good yeah gilmore just like sitting in a chair and is like (laughs) like i'm just like casual man just fucking casual yeah and they're not like the best guitarists of all time but they're really good yeah and the way like his like demeanor when you see him in like the those shots from the 70s sitting and recording it's almost like he's typing a word on a computer or whatever like yeah oh here's the next word and just like nails it out like it's kind of just a job <laughs> yeah he's just like yeah this is my nine to five i'm yeah. pushing the clock and going yeah. and playing some face melting guitar solos all the time yeah right truly yeah it made me feel like i was like i'm not a musician yeah. i've never written a song i don't i should not call myself a songwriter <laughs> or a musician so how do you feel about um you know, this actually is kind of getting into Star Wars because all of the clever, both like what you were saying, like analog film stuff uh, and analog sound stuff that they did in, in the original Star Wars movies. Like, yeah. how do you feel about all the sound effects and like the laughing and the voices oh, and stuff? I am for it. It's awesome. I did this. Okay. So like I did, I, I should, you know, not to toot my own horn uh-huh. or anything, but I have written some music. And I have written some songs, even though I just said that I should never say that uh-huh. um, after listening to this album. But I did, a, I did a songwriting podcast with my friend Taylor Walters Chapman and oh, yes, um, right. a fellow, fellow songwriter and musician, very talented songwriter. And we did this songwriting podcast where we essentially wrote one song each a week mm-hmm. for like 16 or no, 18 weeks or something Fuck. like that. Yeah, we, we both wrote 18 songs. Which was did really you feel good cool. about like a high margin of those? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Like of uh, the total liked, of thirty six, you were like, I like twenty five of these. Well, I, I, I here is what's funny is I've gone back and listened to my songs uh-huh. a good amount. I haven't listened to Taylor's uh-huh. songs as much <laughs> because like I didn't write those ones and sure. they don't stick in they don't they didn't stick in my head like the ones I wrote sure. did. So not to be selfish or or vain or anything, but I have listened to my own songs before. 
uh, because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's a weird phenomenon where I get in the mood to listen to my own songs. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, I want to listen to the songs that I've written, right. and then I just go and listen to all of them, and I'm like, all right, I did it, I'm done. Sure. But pretty quickly, I got bored with just like instruments. Uh huh. And I was like, I want to do sound effects uh-huh. and like and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I did like a. There was one song I wrote where I had like a. Uh, you know, like the, um, what's it called? What would you call this? Uh, 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 um, a the stapler? That, no, <laughs> keep guessing. We'll get um, there eventually. A, a staple remover? <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with staples. Is it like a hole punch? No, you're, get out, get away from the office. Get away from the office. Um, Parks and Rec. Okay, yes, it's Amy Poehler. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. I got Amy Poehler. And I said, just, yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> and she just did sound effects for your songs? Yeah, she was like, that's a, that's a Patreon reference. <laughs> but, but no, no, no. So I, uh, 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 an old timey thing that shows your photos at like a, a like a projector. Uh-huh, like that, a slide puts, projector? A slide projector. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word for it. But like the, ah, uh, yes. I did, I did, I did that where that was the percussion for one of my songs. That's cool. Um, I did one where there was a talking where people just talking Uh and it was a bunch of sermons overlaid on top Uh of each other. And so like that song was like about religion. And so like I had a bunch of sermons overlaid on top of each other being like, so like I understand the artistic impetus to be like, what if we just put some shit in there? Totally. You know? And I, I love it. And I think it works for this record so well. Yeah. And because they do so so i think in that that tv episode but also in some of the other stuff i've like read and watched um richard wright is that his first name um was a huge jazz and miles davis fan and like one Mm. of the big things they took away from that as like kind of their backbone is like leave space yeah which is another way of saying write a bunch of really slow like psychedelic songs but like when you leave a bunch of space you can fit in a lot of weird vocal things and weird sound effects and um you know people answering questions they wrote on flashcards. did you yeah did you get into any of that like well that's in the that's in the, the thing too. VH, yeah that's right. vh1 thing is if they talk about like they like what they was the last want, like, time you a, were violent <laughs> yeah we're, and were you in the right i certainly was in the right <laughs> certainly was in the right it's also like very i love the oh the i love how english this album is too yeah. like it's very but but it's like not stodgy no no it's like the it's like english joy yeah yeah if, yeah. if, if that's like makes sense right like it feels slightly different than if they were american but like it's still joyful right and, right and and like thoughtful and and stuff you know yeah you know it's like good. the whole kind of like culmination the climax at the end about like um and if the band you're in starts playing different tunes, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. That first half is like literally referencing their friend who like went insane. Like, but yeah. they're basically like reaching out to the others, you know, like if, if people think you're a lunatic, literally meaning like you are crazy because you stare at the moon. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if other people think you're a lunatic, come on over to to the dark side of the moon with us. Like, yeah, we'll hang out. It's it's like it's it's poetic. It's it's not like so explicit. Like, 
hey, all you weirdos, we are weird too. It's like a bit yeah. more like elegant than that. But like, man, I just think like the the songwriting is just so um, like restrained. Yeah, it's it's and and it's funny because the wall came years after this, and I think the wall is the opposite. I think they were like, we could we could write about anything. And it's like, yeah. make a third, make a fourth, make a fifth draft because like this record is just like so polished. It really is. You can tell that they spent a lot of time perfecting it live. Yeah, right, right. Or, or, or not perfecting it, but finding the heart and soul of the songs. Yeah. And then like once they got into the studio, they were like, well, we know what these songs are mostly. And so now we just have to like polish them and put these cool creative ideas around them that right. like are slightly different than they were live but like um that, that you could only do back then in a music studio and the um, notion that they um they lost a lead singer so they like went in a direction for a long time of just like what can we do instrumentally since yeah. that's sort of more our strength you know like they they um the idea of having like a mortality death song and being like to put words to this feels like too limiting is just like, Mm -hmm. it's the type of thing that you discover when you're like writing something with someone else, you know, and you're just like, I think we just hit on something there, you know, like when you really have a breakthrough that it's like, what if in our rock and roll band, when we're doing a song about, um, time and a song about money, we have another song that's about death, but there aren't any words. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird, that kind of makes me think of this weird, like, phenomenon, like, when playing worship music back in the day that I did, like, mm-hmm. when I was part of the worship band in my church when I was, like, a kid in high school and everything. You're like, he's the Lord of Lords, he's the King of Kings, he's the Son of I think that's the girl part anyway. Do you know that song? Yeah. I don't think I know that He's one. He's my prince of peace, and I will live my life for him. <laughs> wow, that's good. I like it. No, um, but anyway, the, we always left room for like an instrumental verse, mm. and they were always very effective. And people were always like, and and oftentimes I would be playing violin, and so I would get to do a uh, basically just like play the melody again, but like on the violin. Mm-hmm. And people loved that shit. Yeah. And there's something about getting rid of the words and just experiencing the music that is very effective. Yeah. And it happens in worship music. It happens in all music. Yeah. And like you experience it on this album a lot too, where they, where they get rid of words and you're just like, dang, they're getting the message across. Yeah. I'm like, I'm picking up what they're laying down. Yeah, totally. Like, I think the great gig in the sky might be the best song on the album. (laughs) It's really good. Even just like, and even that, like there's, it's not that there's not, there's no words to her. Like, yeah, right. But there's like like, movement to it. There's movement and there's like a lot of power and soul behind that stuff. The way I heard it described this, I'm conflating now my sources, but if this was on that VH1 thing, then you can stop me. But like the first part of it is like the desperation movement where it's like, the struggle with life itself and mortality. And then like the second half when it's like much more like resigned is sort of like the, the sinking into the warm bath of knowing your life is at an end or whatever. Mm, Interesting. Like when, when she does like even like the same kind of riff figure, but it's much more like head voice and like 
in the back of the mix like it's yeah. almost like she's like yeah i remember those days and it's all still true but like let's relax a little you know like, let's just relax a little bit yeah, and totally. that ends the side and there's just like silence and then you have to walk to the record player and f- flip it over like you you oh, have really? this That's moment so- to like think about this like powerful vocal exercise <laughs> man that's something that i wish we could experience more with like streaming I know. or even cds yeah because like you don't have that i didn't have that experience i didn't know that that was the end of the song yeah, like right. listening to it today it all just runs in together to the next song but like that is powerful to, to be like to, for the end of that song to essentially be like the record going off the track and yeah, be like right <sighs> and you're just like stuck sitting there like what that would like, be a powerful feeling. Like eighteen in a dark room in nineteen seventy-two, and like listening to any of this for the first time. <laughs> no, I love that. Like the guy who, what's his name, uh, the guitarist. Yeah, David Gilmore. He, David Gilmore was like in that VH1 thing. Was like, yeah, I um, I I kind of am sad that I never got the experience to listen to it myself for the first time. Yeah, like totally. all the way through. And I don't know why I'm doing like Paul McCartney, yeah, like Liverpool. Yeah, but like that's a funny thing to say as the person who wrote who co-wrote these songs totally. and like played on these songs but like i wish that i could have experienced it in 1972 like the first time like all the way through because i'm sure back then because like everything since then has had dark side of the moon dna in it completely you know what i mean like like every concept album since then has been like a little bit of Dark Side of the Moon. Totally. Every rock album since then has been a little bit of Dark Side of the Moon. I, yeah. Like, I, you know, like, it's got that, how Dark Side of the Moon is it, it's got that little bit of DNA in there. Right. And so, like, to listen to it for the first time before, when that DNA did not exist yet, would be like, because <clears throat> we've gotten, I've listened to other rock albums, I've listened to other rock artists, and pop artists, and whatever, and so I've gotten a little bit of Dark Side of the Moon throughout my life. Right. Without knowing that's what it was. Right. And then listening to it after the fact, I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds like this. This kind of sounds like that. As opposed to listening to it for the first time in 1972, we were just like, this is coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But the, insane. It's like kind of astounding. <laughs> Truly astounding. Um, um, do you want to hear some other like trivia I learned today when like deep diving at the bottom of the Wikipedia page? <laughs> yes, please. Um. I could give you a thousand guesses as to who I found out was kind of an industry nepo baby, but you wouldn't be able to guess. Oh man, okay. The band modern. The band's road manager Peter Watts is the laugh you hear a couple different times. The like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He is the father of actress Naomi Watts. That's crazy. Um, I don't know that that's like particularly nepo baby ish in that he nah. was their tour manager. <laughs> sure, 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 but, sure. You know, it's adjacent in the entertainment industry. Um, one thing that I just loved was the success of the album brought wealth to all four members of the band. Richard Wright and Roger Waters bought large country houses, and Nick Mason became a collector of upmarket cars. Some of the profits were invested into the production of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> what that's wild and i think the same is true about george harrison i think he was like really close with the monty python guys and like just threw money at them to like make their comedy shit that's hilarious we need more of that in music totally um and then the one of the last ones i wrote down was a note i learned from um 
Polyphonic, the YouTuber, uh, has a series on their the the creator owned streaming service Nebula, all okay. about the Dark Side of the Moon, which I've watched right. now twice recently, and then I also watched this VH1 thing again recently. So like it's all kind of a soup in my brain. But um, he was saying that the title of the song "Any Color You Like" is um kind of an incomplete phrase based on a Henry Ford quote. When the first automobile came out, he said, and you can get it in any color you like, as long as it's black. That's funny. Um, and then, like, Roger Waters heard some kind of take on that in in his world that someone said, like, you can have any color you like, as long as it's blue. He was, like, selling pottery or something. But the same same joke. And so, like, that whole song, again, instrumental only, but is kind of of the idea of like the illusion of choice in your life. Um, That's cool. And then of course, though the album art of how much color there is, but like it's all coming from what, you know, like you could look at that album cover for six hours and keep discovering stuff. And then if you open up the gatefold and it's like the full width of like the back cover and the front cover together, they flipped the prism over on the back and the white beam on the front cover that goes into the prism and becomes the rainbow, that white beam continues on to the back and goes into another prism and becomes another rainbow. Or rather, if you read it as a left to right linear thing, a rainbow comes into a prism and becomes white, becomes rainbow again. You know, like... That rules. You could just dissect every last little idea and and the album does that too because it ends like it begins it's it 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 can loop yes it has like a heartbeat yeah that it starts and ends with like a heartbeat sound effect that's really cool it's just like it's it's kind of silly to be gushing about it so much because again these are like guys in their 20s probably being like oh man this would be so cool but i'm like yeah they were right They were right. It was cool. Yeah, like I also love, man. Okay, this is this is kind of like maybe to make ourselves seem less dorky or more cool, yeah. less dorky, more <laughs> cool, or or less, or maybe it'll be the opposite. I don't know. I had this like roommate a while ago, like when I first moved to Chicago, who like only liked like classic music. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like he only liked. You know, like uh, fucking Elton John. Yeah, not like, like classical, but no, like, no, no. like Elton John and Queen yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and like Simon and Garfunkel and stuff like that. And I, I, he was like, "Yeah, I don't like modern music. It's like doesn't do it for me. I just like all this old stuff." And I remember, I remember like coming to the conclusion, like, "Okay, so you don't like pop music? You like pop music from the '70s? Yeah, right. That has lasted until 2020." You realize that that means it's even more pop than pop right now, yes, right? Yes, right, right. Like, it's it's the most popular music of all time. Yeah. That's the kind of music you're into. You're so different. Yeah. You're into the most popular music of all time. Whoa, I get it. slow down there. You like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? <laughs> that's oh, I'm weird. Sorry. You like the Beatles? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> It's like, and I feel like that. I feel like that's way about this album right now, being like so gushing about it. Where it's like, oh, uh, you like Dark Side of the Moon? Totally. One of the best records. One of, of the all most time. popular records in existence. In existence, and one of the best selling records of all time. Yeah. Great. Wow, you are so different Damn, and so that is unique. Edgy. That's so edgy. Yeah. And no, I, think, I know. I mean, it, it's funny because it's like it is the classic. Like, put that on that poster on your dorm room wall because 
it is that weird thing when you're like a teenager, you're trying to make, give yourself an identity. And of course you're latching on to these incredibly popular things. Yeah. Because they're good. Right. Yeah. But you know, like I'm thinking about around the same time, maybe a little before is when I really got into American Idiot. And we just did that episode on American Idiot. And while we both still like it, we like it because we were teenagers when we were exposed to it. Yeah. Um, and this one, the more I dig into it, the more I like it. And I'm 32 now, you know, like, yeah, I yeah. do think there is a little bit of a difference in, and it might just be that um, longer, slower passages of instrumentals makes it tricks your brain into thinking profundity where it is not <laughs> yeah that's all that could be very true but i do think there's like more kind of care that went into this album than than many because yeah, they absolutely. honed it over years of making it like this show it's almost like it's like a stand-up hour yeah like like sure. they they worked it on the road Workshopped and they it, like yeah. changed things here and there that weren't working and then they were like okay this is the perfect thing that it's ever gonna be let's let's have a free uh free tickets to the the vic theater in chicago and we'll do our polished hour that we worked on for two years on the road and then we'll release yeah. it on netflix like totally uh, totally and I, I like wish more albums were this, not yeah. this album, but like that process where it's like, I feel like that must be a lost art of yeah, like right. that way of making music right. maybe, or maybe it's not, maybe people are doing that all the time and sure. we just don't know about That's it, possible. you know, but you know, possible. you write songs on the road or whatever, but like writing a whole album in a rehearsal space and then taking that on the road, like that just feels so, it feels old timey unique. in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, we should go into the break and come back and play Smasher Pass. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Because we're running a little long. Yeah. Let's go. Woohoo! Do you smell that? It's Bullshit Alert, the podcast where we lie, cheat, steal, and sometimes, yes, sometimes, it's the truth. Think you can sniff it out? Join Stephen Carter, Danny Marshall, and Lily Moss each week where we invite new guests, new stories, and of course, new bullshit. Find Bullshit Alert on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And we're back! And we're back! Um, one other note I wrote down from that VH1 thing that I really loved was um, Roger Waters. After, after like all the different band members and like the narration said like the band set up in rehearsal studios and like wrote this over a period of time. And there was all this writing and blah, blah, blah. And then he was like a talking head and was like, I'm not sure how much writing happened more. I played a and E minor yes. for an hour or two and saying, that sounds right. That'll take up about five minutes or so. <laughs> yes. I love how honest that is. <laughs> totally. Because I've been in, I've written songs and I've been in bands and I've been in like situations like that where you're like, all right, and then Josiah will just play whatever for like yeah. a minute, and then you'll play this for a minute, and then we'll be done, right? And that's like the whole song. That's, right. that's a whole song, right? right? Like you're writing a song, and you're like, we need to fill 30 more seconds to make it feel like a full song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, let's do this riff right here for two seconds, and then that'll be it. Yeah. I love that. It's so honest. Okay, we're going to play Smash Your Pass. Yes, that's right. So this, I think, might be the most impossible album to do yeah. this with. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, More yeah, so yeah, than yeah. any we've quibbled over in the past. Even, like, how how much grief I gave the idea of 
going song by song through transatlanticism because you need those like filler songs to make the vibe or whatever but this album is just a 42 minute vibe <laughs> it's just a 40 minute vibe and some of the songs literally go into the next song right. so like it is impossible yes but we will attempt to do we'll it we'll attempt it all right here we go ready the first song is speak to me and it starts very soft so i might skip ahead a little bit it's kind of like the overture of the sound effects that you'll hear later do i need to turn original sound from musicians on or off um on There's like the heartbeat, the clocks, the cash register, the wow, wow. I've always been mad. I know I've been mad. Oh, yeah, the voices. They have to explain why you are mad, even if you're not mad. All right, so that that's the whole song. It's just a minute. Um, I'm gonna say right off the bat, I'm gonna make a summer playlist that has only that song on it, repeated a hundred times. <laughs> just be going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So like, that's why this game is so crazy. That's not gonna go on any playlist. <laughs> no, it's like if if we're going to give a pass to okay, it's a classic intro track, right? Because there's nothing to it, and it's just like setting the vibe yeah. for setting the tone for what this album is going to be. And here are clips you're going to hear in the uh, the remaining nine songs. Yeah, but it's not like a real song by itself. No. So like, if we're going to give something a pass, it's going to go to this song, right? But it is important for the album. Maybe it gets an NA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down like in my notes here. I was just like, this is an impossible task. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to like Even smash in that thing, the when the band was talking, they were like, "We had this forty-two piece, forty-two minute long piece of music that we did as a live stage show," and the record producers were like, "What's the single?" <laughs> yeah, right. And they're like, "You want to hear a weird idea for that? <laughs> what if it's in seven-four time? <laughs> Does that sound cool yeah. to you?" Yeah. All right. The next one is "Breathe in the Air." Try to find the lyrics. Yeah, there's a long musical. Okay. <clears throat> it's a smash. It's a smash. Um, it's also like a great example of what they say, like leave empty space mm-hmm. because they do. Yeah. And like, there's a whole, that, that musical intro is about like a minute and a half long before they start singing. Yeah. And this is the first track. It's the first, basically it's actually the first track on the album. Right. And I also just wrote, 
this is when I wrote vibey, man, because yeah. it's so vibey. And it's also, um, it's got a reprise shortly thereafter. At the yeah. end of time, they do that same breathe melody where they're like, home, home yeah. again. Very cool. It's a smash. Yeah, it's, it's a great a song. Great song. Next is On the Run. And this is one where in the live show was kind of this like psychedelic guitar jam. And then they discovered this like synthesizer that you could program in a sequence and change the speed and change the like wow wow character to it. And then they're just like, well, that's a song. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole song right there. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. The idea is it's um, trying to evoke the hustle of modern life. Hence the um, the footsteps. The footsteps and like the the PA announcement at an airport. Yeah. Kind of be like you're in a hurry. You're in a crowd. This could be a Daft Punk song. Totally. You know. Hey, wait, that's that's I mean that's the whole thing. There's was, no words in this was song. Was that the one where in the movie the the feature they were talking about like you always have more stuff you want to put in than you have tracks available on the mixer? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. They, they were talking about how like mixing was like a live thing you had to do. You yeah. couldn't just say like I want this to turn up over the course of the next minute. You had to like be there with your hand on Literally a dial going. and that just like everyone in the band had their hand on a different dial. Like Yes, that's such a cool that idea. Rules. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lost art right there. Yeah. On uh, this one I wrote, oh it's all vibes. No words, just vibes. Right. I wrote pass, I guess, but it's really cool. Yeah, right. I think I it's another for me, it's another NA. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like all the instrumentals are in A because they're, they're so cool. Yeah, and they're not right. bad. Yeah, but it's like, am I going to put that on a playlist? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Even money, I don't know what playlist I would put on it or put it no. on. Rather, like it, it has the most like rock and roll sound. But like, it, you know, time is another one of my favorites. I know that's next, but like, it starts with like. <laughs> 45 seconds of clock alarms i'm not yeah. putting that on some like road trip playlist no <laughs> unless you're like like the only kind of playlist this would go on is if like mike texted me he was like you're not still doing ketamine treatments are you and i was like unfortunately no because this would be perfect for that yeah all right next one is time oh and this also has like a fucking 20 minute long musical intro mm-hmm. but like Once again, they had to line all these clocks up manually. Oh, And then we have this for a long time. Yeah, I'll sleep ahead. And then it comes out of this in the most satisfying way. Oh, the love and the man who 
Really good. And these are the first words that we've heard in like five minutes. You know? And yeah, like this first half is like, you're dicking around, you're a teenager, you're waiting for someone to show you the way, like, your life is dull, like time is just like an obstacle. And then after a really long (laughs) instrumental, like, break in the middle, they come back as like older men, and they say the sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older. Like, the sun is Mm -hmm. always uh, uh, in the sky, but like... It keeps going round and round and round, and now you're right. like, "Oh, time is precious. Every year is getting shorter." Yeah, uh, it's a smash, baby. And then they end it by going back to the home, the first song we hear, and it's right. kind of like saying, "You're here now with us, right?" Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're all on the same you page. You fully Good. like sank back into your seat in this 42 minute experience. Yeah, it's smash. Yeah. Next, we have the great gig in the sky. Skip ahead a little bit. I am not frightened of dying. Oh yeah, let's get that in there. That's such a good like quote. Studios or whatever. Crazy. There's some of the wailing. And that's just the rest of the song. It's her wailing. Yeah. And it's and it's great. That like snare hit that is kind of reminiscent of the one out of the instrumental like long winded bit of the beginning of time. That like duh, duh. <laughs> duh, duh. yeah yeah yeah. I, it hits me in the heart like every time, and I've listened to this album like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's like ready. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> duh, duh. Go, go. It's great. It's like. It's just, there's no words, but there's just like these really raw vocals yeah. that freaking rock. Also, I love in the VH1 thing they say that she came out at being like, "I'm so sorry for what just happened in there," and they were like, "We loved yeah. that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the Wikipedia article I read said like she didn't know that they were even gonna use her take when all was said and done until she picked up the record at a record store and listened to it. That's crazy! Yeah. Dang, it's a smash, baby. Yeah, huge smash. Huge smash. And then there's a bit of silence as you get up to flip the record over. Yep. And then we get into money. (laughs) 
And this is a song everybody knows. Yeah. This song does something. I, I'm not gonna play this whole one because everyone knows this song. Money. Yeah. Money. There it is. This song does something cool that I saw on TikTok recently that I hadn't thought about, but like it like starts with this weird sort of percussion thing to where you don't know where the one is. Yeah. Until the bass comes yes, in and right. then you feel the one and then it recontextualizes the money sounds that are happening. Yeah. And so your brain goes, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, the it's money really cool. sounds up until the bass comes in, you don't even necessarily clock as rhythm. Beats. Beat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like here, let's let's play it again. At least not the first time. Here we go, ready? Two, three, five. One, two, three, four. Like now all one, of a sudden. One, two, three, four. One, two. And then it's into seven, and you're like, wait, it's in seven? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be in four, but it's in seven, yeah, and you're like, right. oh, your brain goes, what the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It also, um, it kind of does a thing where we talked about this before because we covered a different album on this show, Ben Folds' is in the Suburbs, Yeah, where the title song is kind of like a parody song. It's like making yeah. fun of like Limp Biscuit, basically, and yet it rips and it's good and it was like the single and this yeah. song like the whole first half is like from the point of view of like a shithead yeah like it's like sarcastic it's like sarcastic about money and then like the saxophone solos in it are very like dripping in opulence is kind of like yeah. the vibe they're going for and then at the end the the last verse is them basically going like we don't believe that <laughs> right that's like, not us money's the root of all evil <laughs> right it's super good but it's, it's just funny that like presumably that single did well on the radio because it like sounds good and then the next s- step reason as to why it did well is people are like yeah money <laughs> money yeah totally but it is a smash and it's the only single on the yeah right. if you ask me it's the only single yeah i think the next song was another one they released as a single like maybe it was the yes. b-side of the the 45 or whatever but if you ask me money is the only proper single. yeah right the next one's called us and them talk about leaving space And this is the one that he had originally composed for, like, a documentary, like a war yeah. movie. And they were like, we have this tune. Should we do something with it? Skip ahead a little bit. Maybe skip ahead to like the chorus where it gets really like big. We're just ordinary men. men. (laughs) We're just regular men. We're just innocent men. (laughs) 
this part that I texted you, um, um, showing whoever it was, I think at that point it may have actually been Gilmore at the board dropping out the different or maybe it was alan parsons like dropping out all the different vocal parts and like adding them mm. back into the mix and me going like yeah <laughs> yes more 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 it's push the cool buttons again i don't hear the whole thing yeah i love that shit yeah um so good it's great total smash yeah all right and it, these last like three songs all roll into yeah each other. right they're all like one big song this it's is any color like, you like. This exercise should have just been, is the album as a whole a smash or a pass? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Does this one have any lyrics? Does any color you like mm-hmm. have lyrics? It's back to vibes, baby. Yeah, right. In a kind of bookendy way, like it's giving a little bit of a new texture, but it's yeah. like kind of just the vibe that's been coursing through the whole thing exactly it's like it's um recapitulating it. it's like and we're back and here's yeah the it's letting you kind of like think about money and us and them yeah exactly it's great once again it's kind of an na yeah right i mean it's beautiful once again this could also be a daft punk song like all of these like more like electronic electronic like um uh instrumental ones i'm like this is like what this music came from yeah right totally you know okay uh we only have a few more songs two more songs brain damage it all rolls together yeah right i don't even know the point where it cuts between this song and the next i couldn't tell either until i looked at it I love that. It's like, look at these crazy people. They're not standing on the sidewalk. They're out in the grass. said the name of the album they did, they said it. uh i like it it's 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 a little like more subdued mm-hmm. but it kind of has the feeling of like a musical ending yeah 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 it's like and we're all gonna sing the same yeah, yeah, thing yeah. together yeah it's great it's a smash too i think yeah a big smash last song eclipse oh that's right that's right Oh, that's right. And the lyrics to this are basically the same lyrics as the first song. But like, all that you touch, all that you see. Yeah, 
great. Yeah, it's basically doing the the like middle school essay thing of like in the previous paragraphs I discussed. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. It's basically saying, remember all the other songs we already put in front of you. That's all this. It's what this all is. Yeah. It's a great album ender. It's a great yeah. conclusion, and it's a smash. Yeah, smash. Yeah, this is our this is our most pointless smasher. Yeah, it doesn't make any you sense. Really, it doesn't make any sense. And the uh, the last four songs are one song anyway. Yeah. We could have come and, up with a different game, but I wanted to do this because I wanted to give each song some like time. <laughs> yeah, totally. To, like, same, talk same, about. same, same. And also Star Wars, George Lucas, and so I think we're about ready to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually want to say anything of, about Star of, Wars. Like all of our recent episodes, where we kind of just hurriedly bring in some Star Wars things at the end. This one is by far the most that because yeah, I just wanted I, to talk about the album. <laughs> I just want to talk about the album too, and I don't actually want to talk about Star Wars. No. So. Star Wars sucks. It's, Ahsoka premieres tonight. <laughs> uh, we'll watch it probably, and we'll tell we'll talk about yeah. it. And it's like a two or something. I don't know. Yeah. No. Okay. So the the like production stuff, I think, does have some like Star Wars qualities. Sure. You know, sure, like, sure. 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 Um, the like, what if we went out and recorded a bunch of different sounds and then used those as sound effects? Like that is directly like a Ben Birdie thing. Like yeah, Ben yeah, Bert yeah, may yeah. even like attribute credit or, or inspiration to stuff like this or like pet sounds or you know totally it's this i got nothing well Mike. there's the really super probably most recognizable album cover in history sure is there another one more recognizable maybe maybe abbey road sure yeah maybe uh, abbey road um like that feels star wars like the star wars poster well i okay okay i had a dark side of the moon poster and a star wars poster in my college dorm (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) that basically make gives it a 10 yeah hmm anything else well it's the 70s 70s yeah 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 vibey vibey and it's and it's it's like the thing that star wars has that back to the future has that the matrix has where like the first entry at the very least had gestated for years yeah you know like he pitched star wars to any studio in town now of course that is how a new hope is it but like right and then like you said it went on to inspire god knows how many generations of rock and roll artists totally there are even albums that cover this whole album Nice. Like I think the Flaming Lips did one, and then there's a group called Easy Star All Stars that did the dub side of the moon, and it's like this kind of dub reggae version of it. Mm, it's fun. like it feels sort of like a I don't know a cliche, <laughs> like yeah. Oh, this is a stoner record. Let's make it even stonerier. <laughs> yes, totally. But inspires uh, imitators. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not as good. Star Wars is not as good as this album. No, it's not as like perfectly I should say, honed. Like Star Wars, I mean, like A New Hope is like I would say is most analogous to this. Yeah, because it's like the a rest typical of, hero's journey, and this is yeah. this album is like what is life? <laughs> yeah, and then the rest of Star Wars loses the plot. Yeah, right. And this this doesn't lose the plot. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a low score for me. I think you're right. I'm going to say it's still... I'm going to give it a... Reader of Measure is going to be uh, new synthesizers. (laughs) 
Yeah, mine's gonna be jingling coin sounds and cash register sounds. General money sound effects. Yes, good. I'm gonna say it's a two. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give it one um, handful of coins landing in a pile of coins and one uh, receipt being torn. Good. <laughs> yes. All right, we gotta get out of here. It's a long episode. So, do you want us on the internet? Because if you do, you can find us at House Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com. Let's check our email. Would you listen to this again? Like sooner than you might listen to like Quadrophenia or The Wall yes. or Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, people, I keep getting these notifications that people have messaged us on TikTok and I don't know how to find the messages. <laughs> so I hope people aren't trying to get a hold of us on TikTok. Well, if you want to hear us clumsily um, read the subject head of an email you sent us, you can email us at agoodpodcast at gmail.com and we will try to check it every week. Yeah. All right. Mike, go ahead and tell the rest of this stuff. Earlier this episode, you were like, at least we have kind of like a premise to our podcast. And then we proceeded to just talk at length about Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and then talked about our email. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep that's us and somewhere in there was like a lip service reference to star wars if yeah. you're a new listener and you came here for star wars there's plenty of that in our back catalog and we'll maybe do better when it's not something that i'm just gaga for yeah T- tell them about anarchy and the patreon yeah, okay, stuff. Did, so you, if, did you already do that <laughs> if you want more of this on the internet we also have a patreon where um for five dollars a month you get access to a weekly bonus episode a bunch of other stuff long uh, uh film commentaries of all the star wars movies as well as a bunch of other movies um there's some video on there there's all sorts of fun stuff um and like i said that's only five dollars a month and it's patreon.com slash how Star Wars is it. And of course, if you want to see me and Josiah do improv here in Chicago, we are both part of Anarchy, the improvised rock opera um, going on now at the IO Theater. Although uh, at least our initial kind of promised run of shows might be coming to an end soon. But if you follow Anarchy Music Improv on Instagram, you will see um, when our show dates are and if we have more in the future. Yeah, good. Anyway, that's it. So, Sandwiches of Star Wars, about time for me. Bye-bye. So, like we always say... We love you. We love you. And may the fourth, may the fourth be, with you. be with you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>